Cardology is now presented by Sardine, and I couldn't be more excited. You'll get to meet their founder, Soups, and some of the team later this quarter, and you'll hear a bit more about why they've caught the attention of some of the smartest fraud leaders I know throughout crypto, fintech, financial services, and e-commerce. Thanks again to Sardine for supporting this episode of Fraudology. I hope you enjoy it. U.S. Senators have announced a bill to stop what they're calling cyber grinches. Welcome to this week's episode of the Fraudology Podcast. I'm Carice Hendrick. I know that a lot of us were getting used to having two episodes of the Fraudology Podcast, one interview episode and one fraud news you can use episode. And however, last week we just did one episode because of the U.S. holiday of Thanksgiving. And then this week, truthfully, I'm not feeling that great. And so I'm just going to put out this one news episode. However, I have a few interviews to share in the next few weeks that I know you're going to really want to tune into. So make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. But I most definitely wanted to talk a little bit about Black Friday, Cyber Monday, stats and stories. I know a lot of you lived it. So of course, it's kind of like you know, hearing about a storm that you already lived through, a hurricane that you already lived through or something. But we'll get through that just uh, to kind of level set where we are we are as far as e-commerce sales right now. And then I mostly wanted to dive into a story that caught my attention about a bill that was just announced in the Senate of the U.S. that could impact e-commerce companies, and especially fraud managers and fraud technology. And that's not always common. So most of the time when uh, U.S. legislation especially is announced anything to do with cyber uh, or online commerce, a lot of it's around cybersecurity, right? So how to keep data safe or prevent breaches or prevent ransomware. And this is 100% really on the commerce side and on the fraud side. It's at least within the duties of most e-commerce fraud leadership. So wanted to make sure I cover that because truthfully, I haven't seen any headlines uh, other than really just one that I got sent to me today, uh, but I haven't seen anyone post about it this week. So make I wanted to make sure that everybody's aware of that. I know some of you may want to lobby for or against it. I will let you make that decision. But first, I just wanted to say I hope that everyone had a good weekend, especially those of us in the U.S. celebrating Thanksgiving. But I know there are other holidays around the, the world and coming up in the next uh, you know, several weeks, at least until the end of the year. And so hopefully that means that you get to spend time with your family. I know last year that wasn't necessarily the case. So I know for me, I got to spend uh, the this past holiday with a smaller group of my extended family than usual, but it was really nice to just share a meal in the same room and same house as them, which uh, we weren't able to do last year. So we had a new appreciation of that. And I also just find that focusing on gratitude is just so important. So that's my that's my cheesy personal development piece of the day, but it's definitely something that I uh, appreciated and hope that you did too. For a lot of you, you didn't get the weekend off. It is historically one of the busiest uh, online shopping weekends of the year. I will say that at least according to the stats and stories that I've been hearing, that hasn't been the case this year. But as we dive in a little bit more, there's a lot of reasons for that. So uh, just looking at the stats from a high level, these all come from Adobe. 
Uh, Cyber Monday spending was down by 1.4% to $33.9 billion. That's still quite a bit, Uh, but it is noteworthy because it's the first year where sales haven't greatly increased from the year before. For instance, last year was the biggest jump from 2019 to 2020. Uh, Cyber Monday week sales jumped 20.7%, most likely because you know, and as you know, data only tells half the story, right? Kind of got to dive in and, and learn more, most likely because most people were uh, still social distancing and quarantining. There were, there wasn't a uh, vaccine widely available in the U.S. and most other countries around the world yet last year at this time. And so, I mean, I think it was just barely starting to come out. Uh, for a very restricted uh, group of people. So for that, there was just a lot more online shopping. So that gives some context to that giant leap. Well, this year, there's just a tiny bit of a backtrack from last year, and that is, you know, by 1.4%. That's not even that much. And honestly, I mean, that really, I mean, if I were to do math pretty quickly, I think that'd be 19.3% more than Cyber Monday week in 2019. So still quite significant amount of volume this past week, but just in the grand scheme of things, just like I mentioned last week, come, retailers started offering holiday sales much earlier this year, honestly, starting in October, like mid-October. And that was when a lot of the retailers that I talked to were saying that they were starting to see a lot more holiday traffic because there were a lot of supply chain concerns. And so because of that, retailers were offering holiday sales earlier and savvy consumers took advantage of them. So while Cyber Monday was still quite significant for sales, and I'm sure a lot of you were busy with manual reviews and you know looking at key performance indicators and other metrics and managing your rules or your machine learning algorithms and everything else going on in your models, it was just slightly less than last year. So just something to have note. I do know uh, from speaking with a lot of you that you didn't see a ton of payment fraud this past weekend, which doesn't surprise me too much. There will always be attempts, but fraudsters, for the most part, on payment fraud really honestly kind of stay the same year round. I think I mentioned that last year. Uh, Fraud generally doesn't go up by a percentage of sales, but it will go up in in numbers just because of this year. But uh, mostly what a lot of people are reporting is abuse through bots, through refund abuse, post-transaction abuse. Uh, as well as promo code abuse and other types of abuse. And that is very consistent with what I've been seeing and hearing the last year and a half, especially around refund fraud. I know the Telegram and Discord forums, as well as Reddit and others are very busy right now with a lot of a lot of entry-level people trying to DIY their own refunds right now, which has been kind of interesting to watch. But really looking at those forums is just so much of like a sociological study for me. Uh, But I've also learned so much in working with merchants, either uh, from a educational standpoint and providing them with a lot of education on the methods and how they're being targeted, et cetera, or through creating uh, strategies for that. So that has been keeping me busy as well. But I really think that uh, in the new year as well, that just a continued focus on preventing and identifying abuse is going to be really critical, especially for retailers. So moving on to the main story of today that I wanted to share, 
It's that U.S. senators have announced a bill to stop what they're calling cyber grinches from stealing Christmas. And this is a very U.S.-centric story. However, this could definitely be something that could uh, similar bills or similar proposals could be in the works in other parts of the world. As well as I know a lot of you, even the ones who are not based in the U.S., have uh, your companies have e-commerce presence here. So still think this is really important. Uh, the act is the bill is called the Stopping Grinch Bots Act. I find it kind of funny that Grinch bot is a term being used by senators in the U.S., but hey, what the heck? But it's proposed by four senators, Senator Tonko, Blumenthal, Schumer, and Lou Hahn. Uh, and they're announcing this bill to stop cyber grinches from stealing Christmas. That's what they're saying. So essentially, their bicameral bill will crack down on cyber grinches using bot technology to quickly buy up whole inventories of popular holiday toys and resell them to parents at higher prices. These third-party sellers use bots to bypass security measures and manipulate online sales systems to buy toys, leading to some toys being almost impossible to buy online or in-store at retail prices, exasperating shortages caused by stressed supply chains. So this press release goes on to have several quotes from each of the uh, senators about why this is important to them. Uh, there's also a press release from uh, the I think it's uh, Consumer Reports and the National Consumer League and others that talks about some of the examples. So I'll just I'll just throw these out there and I'm only calling out specific names of companies because they're in here. I know this happened everywhere. So uh, one example from 2017 uh, is that Fingerlings, which typically sell for $14.99, if anyone remembers, they were like these creepy little monkeys. Oh, I thought they looked creepy anyways. Uh, they did. I don't even know what they did. I kept asking my child, but I still didn't know. But they typically they were really popular that year and they typically sold for $14.99 and they were out of stock online at, you know, the major retailers, you can assume. However, the item was available for sale on third party marketplaces for as much as $1,000 each. They talk about various uh, gaming consoles that would sell for, you know, retail price of a couple hundred dollars and then be sold on marketplaces for as much as tens of thousands of dollars. Uh, and uh, they use other examples too. And I can tell you toys are not the only one. It's really anything with a limited inventory. These merchants are seeing bots like crazy and sneakers is a really good example. Uh, a lot of these bots are actually referred to as sneaker bots. And that's something I've really gotten to know a lot about as I've worked with a few retailers in the sneaker uh, industry recently over the last couple of years. And this press release goes on to say that Grinch bots are a predatory and unfair scourge in the online marketplace that can cause financial hardship and anxiety for consumers. In particular, Grinch bots have disappointed many parents and children who could not obtain the toys and gaming systems they wanted at a reasonable price. So yes, we all know bots are bad and I will, I'm going to get into the merchant side in just a minute, but here are the top three things that they say this act would do. Cause I had a lot of questions on this and I'm sure you do too. So number one, it would prohibit manipulative technical practices that allow bad actors to use bots to circumvent control measures designed to protect real consumers. Number two, make it illegal for under the fair 
that the Federal Trade Commission Act to knowingly circumvent a security measure, access control system, or other technological control or measure on an internet website or online service to maintain the integrity of posted online purchasing order rules for products or services, including toys and other retail products, and further make it illegal to sell or offer to sell any product or service obtained in this matter. And three, allow the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, and state attorneys generals to treat these abusive workarounds as prohibited, unfair, or deceptive acts or practices and take legal action against the bad actors. If this sounds kind of familiar, it's because the Stopping Grinch Bots Act is similar to the Better Online Ticket Sales, or the BOTS Act, passed by Congress in 2016 to ban bots used by ticket scalpers to bypass uh, security measures on online ticketing websites to unfairly outprice individual fans. The bill would apply, would apply to the structure of the Bots Act to e-commerce sites to ban bots bypassing security measures for online retail sales. Okay, so that was a lot of reading, uh, but I'm going to break it down a little bit from a merchant perspective. So when it comes to these types of bots, whether we call them Grinch bots or sneaker bots or just bots, I don't think any online retailer likes them uh, for, because they know that it impacts consumer trust. So yes, they will sell the item no matter what. And there are a few retailers that still have the thought process of, well, as long as we sell it, sell out of our own inventory, that's all we care about. However, more and more, uh, as there have been some pretty big headlines over the last few years, whether we're talking about sneakers or gaming consoles or toys, as I mentioned a minute ago, there are more and more retailers are trying to get a handle on this. It's not like they're letting it you know, be the wild, wild west. However, uh, as technology advances, it gets more and more challenging to stop these bots, specifically the ones that are able to, you know, have a server within milliseconds of the merchants or the retailer server or the ones that can uh, track when an item goes up for sale before, you know, other consumers know about it as soon as it hits the website or the ones that can generate so many different uh, IP addresses and emails and credit cards, etc. And if they're not fraud, if they're not using stolen cards, which obviously there are bots that do that, but most of the bots that are targeting these limited inventory items are not necessarily fraud, but most retailers call them abuse. And that's because consumers think if all that's going to happen is that these brokers or resellers are going to buy them, then what's the point? Or you know, you have disappointed parents or ones that have to pay, they choose to pay hundreds or thousands of dollars on an item that their child uh, really wants or that they want, like a sneaker or something like that. Started first hearing about these types of bots on the ticketing side. As mentioned, that was something that the bill passed a few years ago. I ran out of time today, so I wasn't able to, or I was short on time today, so I wasn't able to contact my contacts in the ticketing space to find out how this is being enforced for them. But I think that's the biggest challenge I see is that, you know, at least the retailers I know, the majority of them, there are a couple that could definitely improve, but the majority of them are doing the best they can. Uh, some of them have multiple systems and filters that they put through to try to stop these bots. But the bots technology is getting so well that they can often try to mimic 
uh, good user behavior, they can slow it down a little bit. They can, you know, get around systems. Or there is such thing as human bot farms where, you know, oftentimes in underdeveloped countries, they'll have just offices full of people placing orders very quickly uh, if the technical bots can't go through. But there are more advancements in technology in stopping bots. And there's, you know, one company that's very well known and has been for many years. There's a couple of newer companies that have come up in the last few years with some varying levels of success. Uh, oftentimes what will happen is when technology comes in to stop bots or identify bots, uh, the bot creators will do their very best to try to circumvent those. And so it's a continual cat and mouse game. And again, oftentimes these aren't tied to fraudulent payment methods, but the majority of retailers have decided they want to crack down on these so that their consumers and their everyday customers can get these items rather than having a reseller mark them up and make you know significant amount more money. And that can really impact consumer trust as well as uh, future lifetime value sales from customers that are frustrated that, you know, they tried to get that sneaker or they tried to get that toy and, you know, all of them were sold out. And so then they try to do it. I know some merchants have a queuing system where they, you know, wait, they create almost like a waiting room for people that are uh, all trying to shop for these very highly desired limited supply items, uh, like releases of items or uh, when there's a popular toy item in, uh, you know, in the, in the market. Uh, I'm trying, the reason why I'm like, kind of sound like I'm thinking more than usual is because I'm really trying hard not to say specific names of companies. Stuff there, it would be so much easier if I was like, oh yeah, this retailer told me da 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 da, and that retailer is doing da 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 da. But I won't ever do that. I have often joked that, you know, I could be put under torture and would never reveal which merchant said what. So uh, that's why I'm, I'm sounding like I'm thinking for a minute. But uh, there are, so as far as technology out there, I would say that there isn't one specific company that has, uh, as far as technology provider that helps against bots that has really become the silver bullet, so to speak. But there definitely are some retailers that have learned to leverage these and use one for kind of a bigger filter and then a second one for a deeper dive. I know one retailer that has very desirable items that often have a limited supply. They actually have a five layer bot protection process and it works well. Uh, it, they are probably one of the harder retailers to get through with bots. Uh, but their competitors, on the other hand, are all asking them, what are you doing? It, it does take a lot of work and, and several APIs, but there's a combination of internal rules as well as external systems that have been able to help them reel it in over the last few years. And, uh, you know, it, it, so whether it's waiting rooms, whether it's CAPTCHA, whether it's, you know, all these different systems that can look at the uh, session time between time that a customer or user entered the website to the time that they made a transaction, et cetera, uh, number of clicks, uh, all kinds of things can be looked at for that. What I guess I'm getting at is while there are some 
abilities to stop these Grinch bots. I'm not going to use that term quite often because I think it's funny. There isn't one solid way. And so I guess my biggest question around this is the enforcing of it and how, you know, if there's going to be suggested technology types that e-commerce merchants use, or is it going to be similar to what I remember of the ticket, the bots ticketing act where they are required to do their very best and that they now, these retailers or these, in this case, these ticketing companies are now enabled to cancel them and, you know, be able to have some empowerment to say, hey, we're canceling this order because of this law. Uh, the other thing that I think is interesting is it does allow, you know, attorney generals for different states to go after abusers. However, if we know that that can be really challenging to know who the true user is behind all of this bot technology. And also, I'm curious who's enforcing it, right? Like who's who's turning them in? Is it the retailers that are turning in, you know, these larger abusers and users of bots? Is it the state? It, it just who's... I, I just have a lot of questions on this as far as, you know, who's going to be looking at it. You know, is it the marketplace that turns them in or did, are the marketplaces going to have to have limits on how much someone can resell particular high demand items for? Are consumers turning them in? Like, there's just a lot of questions on this. I'm not 100% sure how it can be enforced, what the suggestion will be for retailers, because there isn't one clear way to stop them. It's not like retailers are just choosing not to. Are there a few that in conversations I've had with them, it seems like the attitude is that they, as a company, have decided that they aren't going to put a lot of resources or effort into stopping bots because at the end of the day, they're selling out of their product? Yes. However, I would say the majority of retailers I talk to, at least now, uh, are trying to do their best. And so I guess, you know, if they're doing their best and the bot technology is continuing to improve and it, there isn't a silver bullet or one specific way to stop it, I'm just not sure what the, what the recommendation is. I know that the ticketing companies have had challenges around this. However, they've had to make rules internally to just not allow these resellers anymore. And it doesn't mean that all of the bots have gone away there. It just means that it's not a practice that's allowed anymore. And so they are able to crack down on that more. So anyway, this has not passed. This is not a bill that has passed in the U.S. I think that it's great in theory. It's not only for consumers, but for retailers to maintain customer trust and to maintain a good customer experience. But I think it'll be much more difficult to enforce uh, than just with a bill in the U.S. Uh, there have been some really interesting articles around bot users. Uh, there was one on The Atlantic a couple of months ago, I remember, about sneaker bots in particular uh, and some other ones. And especially young kids like in Gen Z are really big on this. And you can even rent a bot for a sneaker or a toy launch. So it's just there's, I mean, it's basically bot as a service. So they're just so rampant. I'm not 100% sure how they plan to enforce it. I'm sure that there are a couple of technology companies listening to this thinking that this is their opportunity to lobby to say, hey, our technology is best. Anticipate that happening, but I don't get involved in those things. 
but I also don't believe that just one set technology should be mandated either. That has been done in other countries with 3D Secure. And depending on the consumer exception of that and the consumer impact of 3D Secure being mandated, I think it can be really successful, like in Europe, the UK, India, et cetera. However, in the U.S., it's different because the consumer uh, consumers don't like 3D Secure and they aren't willing to uh, be inconvenient, so to speak. So that the same can apply to this, right? Whenever there's any kind of mandate with a specific type of technology or any kind of technology requirements for fraud, sometimes they can be outdated. They can quickly be learned how to circumvent it, or they also have to depend on the consumers and if those if whatever they have to give up whether it's time or you know convenience or whatever that they're willing to do it as well so uh there's gonna be more on this and i'm gonna keep an eye on it but i primarily just wanted you all to know that this uh was launched and this was announced and this is being talked about and i i think it's you know noble and a great thing to do but i just in practicality have a lot of questions uh, more questions than answers, so to speak. But if you happen to have any additional information on this, I would love to hear it. And I will continue to keep you posted on next week's fraud news episode. So with that, I, as always, appreciate you listening to this podcast. I would love it if you rated and reviewed it, shared it with your friends, etc. And I look forward to speaking with you next week. again to Sardine for sponsoring this episode of Fraudology and for supporting information sharing and collaboration across the fraud fighter ecosystem. You can learn more about the team and their mission at Sardine via the link in today's episode description.